Go ahead and go. That'll do it. Well, I can definitely see you're uh, making um, noise. Yeah. Think I can hear me? Can you think you can hear you? Yeah. I, I can, re- Yeah. You think you can? Actually. I can hear me. I can and hear you, too. Maybe schizophrenic might just be hearing voices in my head, but... Well, aren't those the same thing, though? Test. Test. Oh, I definitely heard you that time. Test. Yeah. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. That's good. Yeah, so I think we'll just call that good. I think we've gone through about 45 seconds worth of shit just like, test, test. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are very and skilled. now I'm going to voice my opinion to the world. <laughs> we are, opi- we are uh, opinionated professionals. And I am going to share it today. <laughs> With a face for radio and a voice for silent films, this is the Rambling Devil Podcast. Fourth season. Fourth season. Fourth Come season. a long ways. No. Can I hear anything? Nope. Comes down. No mic. No white skin. Oh, oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, test. How about now? I don't have you, but I have me. Can we hear me now? Yes. Oh my God. Blaringly so. Blaringly so. Yes. Um. Okay. Say something. Test. I said something. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Say something. 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 Oh, that, see, 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 we, you could do the whole, like, making music thing for the uh, the podcast. No. Yes, you could. No. <clears throat> that was very good. I liked no. it. Copyright infringements. No, it was good. It was good. No, that album's going to be released. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So you have an album coming out then? <clears throat> well, there's only, there's an infinite, there's not an infinite amount of music that can be created. Every song's already been written. We just have to simply discover it. I see. It's very, very poetic. No, it's like an actual theory. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I see. There's only so many words and so many sounds you can conjure together in so many different ways. Okay. There is a, a finite amount of music. Uh, I disagree. I think that you can figure out something else. You're just going to make up new languages. The topics will all be the same, but at least they'll sound different. I mean, yeah, if you go down the, that road, but... No, just just sing all your songs in Klingon. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, that's right. You're not, a, you're not a sci-fi junkie in any way, shape, no. or form. I don't even watch TV. Not really. Do you even watch videos, bro? Go on YouTube. Huh. Just type in Klingon language or something. I don't even know how you spell that. Hmm. Well, I guess I can't really really be too surprised. Yeah. That's fine, though. Not being a Trekkie is a good thing. I'm not a Trekkie. I just happen to know that they actually wrote, came up with an entire language for the Klingons for that TV series. I just like saying, beam me up, Scotty. My favorite is Spa. You know, I, sh- I William Shatner comma a lot. <laughs> William Shatner. <laughs> Shatner-esque. I Shatner comma muchly, actually. A lot of William Shatner in commenting. Yeah. And like this. The Shatner-esque pause. The Shatner commas. Yep, that's what we like to do here in the, uh, in, in the studio. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we'll you roll with it. It's, it's showing that things are being said. Perfect. Yes, yeah, we're actually on. Yeah. Oh, we burned two and a half minutes already. Fantastic. I wish I could burn time like that at work. Yeah, right? <sighs> All right, so I actually have a list of things to talk about today. There we go. And I think we're going to keep it simple. We're just going to do like a, a one slightly longer episode today, so I don't have to worry about cutting in a lot of fun stuff, because yeah. I've been really bad about trying to get stuff up. Like, time is not my own. 
You'll notice there's a pile of wood out there. Yeah. And I just got that swept out today, believe it or not. And there's a wheelbarrow. Yes. With some more of the poop in there as well. Nice. Yeah. So slowly but surely, the studio's coming together. I do got to get the styrofoam out, though. Then I got to clean out that room. Got to come through here with the vacuum cleaner again. Start vacuuming up all the cobwebs and stuff. One thing about the shop vac, it, the, the like media filter clogs yeah. so fast. Yeah. So fast. Concrete dust is exceptionally bad. Yeah. I can imagine. I need like, I need to get my air compressor over here so that way I can use it to like blow it out. It'd be a hell of a lot faster and easier than going thump, 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 yeah. thump. So, but anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. Just pressurize the whole thing and just suck it out. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Enough RTV in here. We'll see where. Uh... Well, <clears throat> what I'm planning on doing once I get all the cobwebs and stuff, I got to get that stuff down and out. I don't know where the hell I'm going to put all that. I'll figure something out. But uh, this stuff down and out. The siding I'm going to use on the doghouse. I already told you yeah. that one. And then uh, start tearing down the walls. Once the walls and stuff and everything's out, and I've got this stuff reinforced that way, it's going to go the way I want. Then it's going to be a matter of kilsing and sealing it. So hopefully the smell goes away. Then put the floor down. Then kills and seal that. Then put the actual floor down. And then floor sand that. Wow, I just heard that fly. Yeah. That little bastard. Ruined our podcast. All right. We're always sitting there rubbing his little hands together. Like, (laughs) All right, so today, well, we'll start with something really kind of funny, I thought. I saw this on the news Today it was from the Guardian. Actually, Canada invites Chelsea Manning to country just so she could be thrown out. Like that is literally what they were going to do. And, really? Yeah, you know who Chelsea Manning is, right? Yeah, it's Br- yeah, Bradley. Bradley Manning. Manning. Yeah. We'll call him. Man- we'll call them Manning from I was now on. Bradley. Bradley. Yeah. I'll call him Manning. Then people will think that maybe it's uh like Eli Manning or something. I don't know. No. You know the football guy? No. Neither am I. How do I know who Eli Manning is and you don't? Must be a football guy. I'm not a football guy. Yep. I just can't stand football. Anyways, <laughs> but no. So the gar- the uh, the Canadians were going to invite Chelsea Manning to the country just so they could get out. Basically, because Manning has prison time and is a convict, and it's within so many years, Canada doesn't allow people like that to come into the country. And so like they were literally going to invite Manning into the country just so they could deport him. I like it. That's pretty epic. To be totally honest, that is I, amazingly I happy. agree. <laughs> and I just, I thought it was funny, so I wanted who to Who actually invited him there, though? Trudeau? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was actually somebody who like hates that. him. Somebody who does not like Manning <clears throat> was literally just going to invite Manning up to throw them out. That was it. Yeah, that was it. I was kind of like, wow, that's petty as shit. <laughs> Huge fan. Huge <laughs> fan. Send this guy some lottery tickets. <laughs> oh, who is it? Bergdahl? Private Bergdahl or whatever. Oh yeah, that the, guy. Yeah, the dude we gave up like three high-end Al Qaeda operatives. Well, what, however many they're now leading up in a, in Afghanistan right now, living mm-hmm. up the life. Yeah, you know, oppressing women, like they do. And uh, yeah, we got him back. What has he done? Have they put we put him in prison? Uh, did we? I don't know. It seems like he came home and then poof, just disappeared. Yeah. Whatever. But no, get rid of him. Yeah, get rid of him too. I just thought that was hilarious. Another one that I saw, which I thought was pretty hilarious, I should do this one just for the podcast, the old Bible MB, um, AIDS trying to 
stop Biden from joining in the fuck Joe Biden chant. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty epic. I'm surprised how hard they're actually trying to like fight that and cover it up. Oh, I know. Because it's like 81 million votes, most popular guy ever in every every sports event, every NASCAR race. It's somebody... Somebody starts it and people tag and along. There's, there's a lot of people. Well, I think the most ridiculous thing about it is you're trying to say, most popular president ever, 80 million votes, 38% approval rating. Yeah. And just remember, the second most popular president was the one he ran against. Yeah. Now that's something to think about. Well, he, he kind of got up there the other day and he was talking like, he was getting a little pissy about that. He's like, I'm the most popular guy that ever was. And it's like, okay, you need to simmer down. Yeah, you're not popular. Yeah, like I think a shitty job. I think, I think all, in all honesty, Ben Shapiro's right. The only reason that he got elected was because, one, he was dead, and two, he wasn't Trump. So only two elections that, late reason that he got elected. Nobody <coughs> thought he was. And some fraud. <clears throat> Man. That, that Arizona audit's a little strange. Yeah, I haven't paid too much attention to it. In all honesty, like, isn't I'll put it this way. Other people can fight that fight. If that's what actually happened, great, awesome, figure it out. But I'm not gonna sit here and like lose my mind over it. Like, that's already in the past. You know, it's gonna happen again. I do not want to be that lady sitting down, like, oh no. That's different though. But from what I saw coming out of that, there was enough question. Maybe not fraud's the wrong word, but there was enough inconsistencies. That that state could have flipped either way. Yeah, I did see that there was a like the margin of error was smaller than the uh, percentage of of problems that were going on inside. Yeah, there. so it's like that needs to be looked at. Yeah, and it won't be. Yeah, you know, and like I understand the reason why, you know, and like, like I said, it's, it's other people can take on that fight. You know, I'm I'm not here to say that there was fraud or there wasn't. I think the election was rigged, but I don't think it was rigged in a way that most people would take the term rigged. You know, like people weren't stuffing ballot boxes, as far as I'm concerned. It was rigged in the media. You know, for four years we heard, you know, orange man, bad, racist, Nazi well, and that, guy. That's what really gets me. As you look at, like, the whole Russian collusion thing, it was all a hoax. Yeah, it was, it was a lie fabricated by Hillary. Well, and that well, Hillary's by the campaign. FBI. Hillary's campaign. Sorry. Don't want to. I mean, there was, there was FBI documents trying to support this that, like, oh, this happened. It turned out to be a hoax. Mm-hmm. Who was held accountable? Nobody. Of no nobody one. was held accountable. That was the better part of two years. With a congressional investigation. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, uh, who was it? Who the hell was the gal who was like heading that up? And it's like, we've got the evidence. And they're grilling her. And it's like, so when you told us last fall that you knew what you really meant was, I think, and I really feel like it's true. <laughs> and she goes, that, that's correct. And it's like, well, then what the hell are we doing here? Pretty much. Well, and like, the most ridiculous thing about this whole, the, the whole thing, and like I said this at the beginning of, the year went well at the end of last year after Biden had actually won, you know, and you heard all the stuff about the election fraud or whatever. And I was like, well, just have the investigations then investigate. If there's no fraud, investigate, you know, like you're going to look like there's fraud, like, you know, there's fraud if you don't investigate. So yeah. Just hold the investigations. Well, there really wasn't an investigation. Mm-hmm. That's what I kind of find is funny. It's like, so we spend the better part of two years pushing that false narrative you know, when accusing him before he's found guilty and he turns out to be innocent, where was that due process? Mm-hmm. Well, you have you have the court of public opinion, then you have the actual legal court. Well, yeah. But when you've got people in Congress, you know, that there's collusion, we can't be, you know, doing this and that. It's like, that, that's a little bit outlandish. Well, yeah, and you guys got to think, too, like, you know, for we literally heard nothing about, like, it was just 
orange man bad, Russian collusion, Trump's racist, yeah. what a Nazi, what a homophobe. You heard, you heard all this stuff for like four <clears throat> solid years, right? And then during the course of the last election cycle, the Hunter Biden thing happened, right? Where What, what do you mean what thing happened? <laughs> exactly. You know, like oh, an article comes out talking about here's this crazy crap that's on Hunter's laptop, holy smokes, and then it's shut down. You know, and then how many, like, one of the most interesting and I think telling comments that Joe Biden made during the entire election cycle was when he said, why are you guys asking me questions? You shouldn't be focusing on me. You should be focusing on, on, on the Trump. You should be focusing on Trump. Well, that's it. That's an interesting way of saying, you know, don't ask me any questions that might hurt my yeah. chances of winning. You know, and I, I'm sorry. Hunter is a scumbag. 110%. I'm sorry. I keep every once in a while I keep popping. I keep finding that picture online, <clears throat> scrolling through foot heeds and stuff of him standing there, like in his underwear with a yeah. cigarette hanging out his mouth, like where he's like smoking crack in his bed. <clears throat> yeah, like you see those pictures and you're like, um, if this were like Donald Trump Jr., yeah, this would be so much different. Well, there were like people couldn't putting Trump kids on or his kid on blast, and it's like, isn't he like 14 or something? Oh, uh, not Hunter. It was not. Baron. Baron Trump, yeah. No, he was, and I think he actually is, might be special needs as well. Yeah. You know, so then, you, like, it's, it's, it's all well and dandy, and it's all fine if they're going to attack a special needs, you know, minor who happens to be the son of the president because, you know, he's the son of a bad president. And yeah. We need to hammer this kid. For what? Kid, like, was made, and, like, he, his mom was impregnated by Trump, and then he popped out of a vagina. That's his crime against humanity. Yes. You know? He's a white male. But it's okay to make fun of that special needs child. Yeah. But don't make fun of Greta Thunberg. No, 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 no. You know? And she's 18 now, by the way. So. Oh, really? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she always was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's something to be said when you put yourself out there. You know? You're, you're begging for criticism at that point. Well, and like, if you're out there asking for attention, um, you don't get to dictate which attention you're going to get. It's just like a woman who's going to be wearing like a low-cut V-neck shirt, yeah. you know? She doesn't get to tell you to stop looking. She's advertising. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm window shopping. Doesn't mean I'm interested, but I'm window shopping. I'm a man. I always window shop. It just happens. Yeah. I can't turn it off. <laughs> you know? And so, like, if a woman's going to dress provocatively, she can't get upset when people are looking at her. Same way when you go and say something stupid on the internet at, like, 17 years of age, you don't get to say, well, you can't, you can't speak bad of me. I'm only 17. No, we can yeah. We can attack your ideas. You've entered the court of public opinion. Exactly. Once you've done that, you know, you're especially like I won't say that like personal attacks are condoned. Like we can't say somebody's stupid or retarded or anything along those lines. But Oh, it's the internet. You most definitely can. It's encouraged. Sure. Whatever. But no, like you you can go after the ideas that they put forward. If somebody puts forward bad ideas, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't care how old you are. Be six years old, put forward a bad idea on the internet, that idea is fair game. That idea can be disassembled and taken apart and thrown away. That's totally legit. Now, you don't go after the individual. Personally, I don't think you go after the individual because it ruins your argument in the first place. In the second place, it doesn't really help anything, you know? Like, maybe it's kind of, what's the word? You may disagree with me on that one, but going after the individual never works. They went after Donald Trump for four years. He still almost won, right? And the only reason he didn't win, I think, is because they were going after him so hard for four years. Yeah, I mean, not even Fox News was giving him really good coverage. Well, that's that's something to be said for the the controlling of the optics of the media. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is the really the important chess move that you didn't see. Well, yeah. I think, I think when people think about social change within a, in a country in a time span. Yeah. Well, no, I think a lot of us do see that, that you know, secret chess move or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, like, because we, we have this nasty <clears throat> habit of listening to things, you know, and like thinking about what people are actually saying. Like, I'm not trying to tout my education along those lines, but one of the things that I did while I was going through my uh, my creative writing degree, which is totally worthless, don't get a creative writing degree, is we have to dissect the pieces that we're reading. We have to try to see between the lines. Why is the author doing this? Why is the author doing that? And once you start doing that with literature, you start seeing how they do it inside of, say, movies as an example. Like when you sit down and watch a movie and you hear the music going, the music wants to get you pumped up and amped, or it wants to get you like sad and melancholy. Like if they're trying to control your emotions with the music inside of movies, right? Yeah. To make the experience more entertaining. Well, if you think about like, uh, like say NPR, you know, the National Propaganda Radio Network, I mean, think <clears> about their stories and how they put stuff together. Like next time you listen to it, if you, if you do, listen to the tone, listen to the music, right? Don't necessarily listen to the words. Try to get what the, try to figure out what they're trying to get you to feel in that moment, because they're doing the exact same thing, right? Same thing happens inside of like news pieces. It's really ridiculous when you see something that's labeled as an anal analysis, and it has defamatory language going towards one side of the aisle, either direction whether it's a right-leaning piece or a left-leaning piece. So then you can sort of see where they're trying to get you to think. You know, you can see how it is propaganda and how it's not actually newsworthy or something you should take seriously. You know, which is one of the reasons I stopped listening to NPR. Because it's so fact, I could see it. It was like, you guys are blatantly open about this. Yet there are people who <clears throat> listen and believe. Yeah. You know, it's like NPR was the sexually harassed woman and they gotta listen and believe <laughs> you know it's just the way it is I guess but anyways on to more depressing stuff hell yeah full <laughs> speed ahead now we talked about this a little bit before we came out here um, the idea that in the next election cycle uh, if Biden is you know stays president the entire four years which he may or may not we're not 100% sure on that one just yet leaning towards probably not but uh Kamala Harris is the VP. So when it comes time to certify the next election in 2024, Kamala Harris will be the one certifying it. Now, I've seen a, the reason, the only reason this is really coming up to me, coming up, is because I've seen some headlines regarding, like, talking about this idea. One basically said Kamala Harris shouldn't have to protect, shouldn't have to save the election. Right? And another one, in a way, tacitly admitted to there being a steal in its own way. Because it said Kamala Harris may have to stop the steal. Oh, you mean stop the steal? You guys are already predicting that Donald Trump... They're already predicting that Donald Trump is going to try to steal the next election. Yeah. Right? Let's predict. Big quotation marks. We've already got the evidence. We've already got the evidence that he's going to do it again. You know? Again. <laughs> as, as he lost the first time. Yeah, he stole the last election. No, he didn't. He stole the loss. Damn it, that was ours. <laughs> exactly. But no, like... So... There's already people talking about... Her having to do something to stop the steal or protect the election or whatever the case may be, right? Now, let's think... We were talking earlier about uh, off-air how Biden, say, Biden stays in for four years and then Kamala Harris runs for president. What does that mean if she's the one certifying her own election? 
I think at that point they'd have to have somebody else do it. I think they'd have to. It'd be like the Speaker of the House or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably a, a a way to to do it. Not possibly, but would the Democrats really try? Would the Democrats fight that? No. Oh, she's the vice president. She's the one who's supposed to certify the election. But it's her election. No, that doesn't matter. Like, are you, are you going to be honest? Like, oh, guys, she's going to be honest. She said so. <laughs> yeah, she totally, her fingers weren't crossed behind her back or anything, you know. Look at that face. Nobody looks like they could lie. <laughs> exactly. No. But no, like, it's something to think about, though, because, you know, everybody builds little conspiracy theories about what's going on. And, like, uh, one of my favorite ones is that Joe Biden was actually just meant to get in office and then... You know, after a couple of years, he'd be, he'd step down or be stepped down, and then Kamala Harris would take the would take pre- reigns as president, and then she would select for her vice president Hillary Clinton, putting her one step ahead, and then Kamala Harris would step down, and Hillary Clinton would be president. I think that was the most ridiculous theory I've seen out there. It seems pretty that. straightforward. No, it's it's even it's even uh, it's not cra- as crazy as some of the Trump ones I've seen actually. Floating around on the internet. There's some really oh, like weird... the QAnon conspiracies? Oh, there's one talking about how uh, <clears throat> Donald Trump would be assassinated on, like, October 19th, you know, and then it... Don't worry, guys. It's actually his cloned body double, and he'll still be alive and in control, and it's all okay. Say what? <laughs> yeah. If there's anything I hate more than Democrats, it's people that listen to QAnon. <laughs> Love it. I... <sighs> the amount of, like, just wait and see, like... By Friday afternoon, like, yeah, beer's going to be half price and gas will be a dollar. Like, Trump's coming back, baby. It's like, no. He's not. The amount of times, like, Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton have been arrested that people have told me has been astronomical. Yes. It's like, they're literally under guard right now at insert, like, the White House double someplace. And it's like, what? No, they're not. No, you see those things in, like, and, th- and this is where that, the whole idea of being a skeptical mind comes into play really hard, you know, because... We all have these, like, we'll call them fantasies, for lack of a better term, that something will happen and, like, how we want the world to come out will actually come out. But it's never going to happen that way. And so when you see something that totally reinforces that ideal that you have in your mind, you need to take that step back and be like, this has got to be bullshit. And you got to, like, suss it out. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be bullshit. It just is. Yeah, like apparently there's a website where you can track like airplane flights within the country. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know people. It's like Air Force One just took off five minutes ago and it's circling Miami, and it's like, okay, man, it's your thing. Okay, that's fine. So the president flies around. What, what does it mean? It means <laughs> why, he's. Going why would he be in Miami right now? Cuban <laughs> insert conspiracy theory here. Like, yes. yeah, no. He's arresting Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump's getting on Air Force. It's right here. He's on Snapchat right now. It's live. <laughs> He's coming back. Yeah, and see, I think that stuff is, it's all. It's, it's almost as bad, if not worse, than all the people who were, like, losing their shit when Hillary lost. Yeah. You know, and then, like, the years of, you know, oh, he's, it's just around the corner. His, his term is almost up. We're going to get him. We got the final piece of information. Yeah. It's getting really bad. Yeah, the indictments are sealed <laughs> in his desk. They're going to start arresting people tomorrow morning. It's yeah. Like, yeah, no. No, it's not. I'm sorry. What you think is going to happen is not going to happen. I think the main reason that we what, what people think is going to happen is not going to happen is because it's all just a game. Yeah. And you're the and you're the you're the you're the pieces. Pretty much. That's really what it boils down to. 
you know. So everybody just needs to smash their phones, computers, all their electronics, and just forget it. But of course, still po- still subscribe to this podcast. In fact, jump over to subscribe star to give us a dollar a month. Fine. What is uh, uh, yeah, what uh, is money. get a printing press? We'll mail it Self promotion, right? Done. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sort of that whole idea of being pawns in the greater scheme of things. Uh, I kind of want to touch also on Taiwan. Okay, and what would happen if China took over Taiwan? Like, what would be the larger implications of something along that those lines happening? You know, so I'm pretty sure computer chips are made there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of the big producers of computer chips in the world. So China takes Taiwan. Computer chips are now being made more by by China. Well, that's not a good thing. Yeah, big big tech is not your answer here. No, it's not. And more importantly, like think of like where Taiwan is and like what it sort of sits in the middle of. Yeah. You know, it's really close to Japan. It's right in that seaway, you know, going from like Japan down to Indonesia and over to Vietnam. So if China controls Taiwan, takes over Taiwan, they control that entire sea lane. Yeah. Right. In order to like basically get trade to go through, you almost have to go down and around Australia, depending on how big the ship is, or you got to deal with China. Right. Well, you can go between Australia and. Oh wait a minute! No, yeah, you would have to go around. Because I think a lot of that ocean is just too shallow to get big <clears throat> tankers and stuff through. Oh, I have no idea. Well, see, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Don't quote me on any of that. I don't that. know how much water they need to actually. You think 50 feet would be enough? Oh, uh, maybe. I think an aircraft carrier has something like has a draft of like 40. <clears throat> You know, and you gotta think like an empty tanker, maybe twenty. But I bet you're you're gonna go way, way deeper than that once you load that sucker up. So they're basically just big balloons. Yeah, I think that like I think sixty would be a good good max. Mm-hmm. I guess the ocean. I'm pretty sure it'd be more than sixty feet deep. We'd hope so. We gotta remember there's a lot of islands in between. You know, Australia going all the way up into <clears> like. Uh, the Philippines and all that fun stuff. There's a lot of island, like it's a big, huge island chain. Well, yeah, and they got the reefs out there too. Yeah, so like, is that navigable to really big super tra- tankers and super haul cargo ships and stuff like that? You know, you'd have to see. But then you think about it too, like they control all that. They control that area, right? And then where can they go from there? Well, yeah, that also gives them a good sea base to go other places. You know. Like, there's a lot of things that, that factor into them taking Taiwan. Plus, Taiwan is a really big black eye for them, so I really don't want Taiwan to fall just for that reason alone. Yeah. Well, they already own Hong Kong again, right? Um, yeah, they were Hong Kong was ceded to them in 1999 with the promise that they would not fully communist it until 19, 2000, uh, 2049. That lasted really long. Yeah. Didn't even make it halfway. Brilliant. Shows you a lot about them. Yeah, the Chinese... The Chinese Communist Party does not care. Like to <clears throat> them, we are literally all just pawns in their game. Yeah, you know. And when you think about the fact too that they're busy building themselves a nice long oil pipeline from like the I want to say the Caucasus oil fields up in Russia, yeah, all the way back to China, and <clears throat> part of the Afghani portion of that looks like it might have been funded by well, well, the United States after Joe Biden shut down our pipeline going from Canada to the Gulf Coast. <clears throat> makes you wonder. Yeah, really does. It makes you wonder. Start, start to see pieces flow together, and that's. I think that's one of the, you start having like the weird conspiracy theories. Was like, hmm, did he get elected for this purpose? And again, that's just speculation. 
obviously. Is a presidency worth a pipeline? I don't know what the price is going for these days. No idea. But if the Chinese can have their own like oil that they can ship in directly, like that's going to be a big boon for them. Yeah. You know, and do we really want, you know, the rising Chinese military and economy to have that access to that? No. Like honestly, we don't. But Benedict Biden just handed it to him. Fall of Taiwan, I think, is something people really should think about, honestly. You know, what is that going to mean for the future? You know, all of a sudden China has hegemony in that area, that section of the world, or even the entire world. You know, their their goal is to honestly beat us in the space race. You know, no, I think global domination is really your ultimate goal. I mean, what are you going to do with the nation? You're just going to decide to a stopping point that we're gonna, we're too big? No, they're not. I mean, That's it'll probably saying. fail before then, but... I'm hoping so. Then again, what happens when it fails? You know, when they got their own nuclear arsenal. Does some other tin pot dictator get in there and screw things up? Does that guy say, you know what? Nuke in India sounds like a good idea. Boop. You know? Because, like, just launch, launching nukes at India is not just going to affect India and China. Yeah. Like, everybody will launch at that point. I think that's I think that's how the world's going to end. <clears throat> I don't think the world's going to end. It'll just be different. Well, Far it just different. turns into a nuclear wasteland. Yeah, we get to play in Fallout 3. Legitimately. Not fun, IRL. <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to see the DLC. Like, keep it. <clears throat> I don't know. Some of that downloadable content could be really, really good. <laughs> right. So then, moving on. One thing I do have to give uh, the Biden administration a little bit of um, of shade on, and sort of a little attaboy, was the AUKUS stuff. You know, basically, sell, basically just saying. Yes, we'll help Australia make nuclear submarines, you know, thereby screwing the French, which, you know, to a degree, we all got to be happy with that. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that actually is not a bad move in a huge geopolitical sense. With regards to what Australia is doing right now to its own people, I'm kind of sus on a lot of things that are going on, you know, but with regards to basically putting a roadblock in front of China, I'm all about that. But evidently, there's a a general or an admiral or something like that who's saying that it could take decades to get Australia its submarines. Not a, not a decade. Decades. Well, how many plural. subs do they want? I don't know. But decades? <clears throat> I mean, we, we have some that we're getting ready to decommission. Why not just give them those? No. They're perfectly fine. They'll no. work. Nope. They're probably still better than Chinese subs. Yep. Throw them, scrap them out, send them to the submarine boneyard. <laughs> That's another thing that drives me nuts, right? Is like all these ships that we sink. You know, it's like, well, ship needs to be scrapped. Might as well turn it into a coral reef. Um, why not break it up and use the steel to make, I don't know, another ship? Yeah. Like, why not do that? Oh, it'd take too long to clean it all up and ball. It costs more money. Yeah, but you get to save the steel. Like, it's a finite resource. Exactly. Like, you can only mine so much ore before you run out. Takes too long, too much time. You ever seen somebody strip a car apart in a junkyard? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of put it, put it in the pick and pull. Have you have you ever seen what happens to a car <clears throat> left in downtown Detroit for five minutes? <laughs> yeah, you're telling me that I can't have the rims off this ship. <laughs> we can, we can do this. We can. I'm going to leave your submarine on cinder blocks. <laughs> just just drop this sucker in the middle of Detroit. You'll see what happens. <laughs> Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. That sucker is going to be picked apart. But no, like. I really think we should be salvaging as much of that stuff as we possibly yeah. can. You know? Like, to me, it only makes common sense. That was a really bad Fauci impression. You know, but 
decades to get them their submarines, well, by that time it might be too late. And that's why I'm might be just the time. Yeah, that's and that's why I'm saying it should be like, why not give like sell them some of our older subs? You know how long it takes to build a submarine? Everybody has to stay six feet apart. A long time, especially considering the sub is only thirty nine feet across. <laughs> decades. <laughs> True, true. You make submarines are super spreaders. We can't have submarines until this is over. Right. But no, like, in serious though, seriousness, why not just sell them some of our old subs that are ready to decommission anyways? Why are we decomm- decommissioning them though? Service life, I guess. I don't know. That might just be where it's more of a problem to sell them like a used piece of junk. Well, I'm saying as a stopgap at a bare minimum. Yeah, but I mean, Do some how far is that stopgap going to get you? What's I'm saying? I don't, I don't know what's critical on there as far as in, like infrastructure that, you know, is the lifespan of the hull. I can see where you're coming from. You know, the problem to where you're going to spend more time, like the reactors, I'm sure, would have to probably be rebuilt. I'm or, not talking about selling them a lemon here. Yeah, but like... <laughs> I'm talking if you, about if a you, certified if this is, if this is a used submarine, submarine. If this certified is a submarine with 200,000 miles on it, <laughs> like, what's wrong with it, like... All the pressure on there is probably some little bit of crushed, you know, and you're ramming it into stuff in the South China Sea. <laughs> that, that's a used sub. <laughs> exactly. It's certified used. Certified used. It's junk. <laughs> it would be a, be a U.S. <clears throat> government certified used Los Angeles class attack submarine. That's, that's what we should be selling them. <laughs> Only three low payments. <laughs> of $29.95. $29 million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, there's got to be something that we can do is, like, at a bare minimum, a stopgap to sort of get them equipment so that way they can start doing the things that they want to be doing with regards to deterring China from being what China's trying they to do. They can have submarines and they stop being pieces of shit in their own country. Okay, well, well, we can't really, like, we're kind of stuck with them, though. Yeah, we don't have to give them submarines. <sighs> Sorry, no submarines until the government-mandated quarantine camp goes away. <laughs> okay, I agree with that, I guess. I think I can go for that one. Sorry, no more infringing on your citizens' personal freedoms. <laughs> Fair point. Australia is crying like we want submarines. Like you have submarines at home. Yeah, <laughs> submarines at home. <laughs> Little bathtub ones. <laughs> yes. Little yellow submarines. Pretty much. Prime Minister's busy playing spot the submarine. <laughs> Just the way it is. Right. Okay. One thing that I did find sort of interesting, and this goes back to the Taiwan thing, and it's sort of in the same region. But uh, evidently, back during Trump's administration, he moved Marines and Special Operations Forces to Taiwan to help train up their military, to, like, work with them. Nobody in no, lawmakers didn't know that he did this. And the only reason that I know it was Trump that did it was because this happened a little over a year ago. Hmm. Uh, my math may be off, but a little over a year ago, the big orange man was the president. Yeah. Which means... We have people on the ground in Taiwan. We have a lot of people on the ground in a lot of places. This is true. This is true. Well, did we talk about that the last time? Hmm. Where it's like, no, I think I saw this on the internet someplace. Like, U.S. troop movements aren't like a secret. Everybody around the world knows, you know, because we're not doing anything super spooky. But it's like it's only a secret to the people here at home. Yeah, I can see that. Because I know what they were sending a lot of guys down to South America. Okay, see that? Because I think like with reservists, they don't have to make a big hullabaloo about where they send them. So they were sending a lot of Marine reservists down to Southern to go do whatever crap needed to be done down there. Yeah, 
I can see it. Well, that and the Latouille doesn't need congressional approval to send them. Well, so the Marines is a special sort of thing for the for the president. Yeah. You know, like a mule can go someplace for 90 days before it, and then here's here's what they will, they can do with a mule. You move the mule in, right, and you have 90 days to get a pro- congressional approval. Day 89 rolls around, the mule leaves, goes someplace for a couple of days, comes back. Yeah, for another 90. 90 days. <laughs> you know, like you can definitely mess around with stuff that way. And you can get the extension in so respect. And I think, I don't know if that's what happened with regards to the Marines in, the tai- in Taiwan and stuff, but I just find it very interesting that we actually have, you know, boots on the ground in Taiwan sort of helping them train up and get ready I don't, for what's coming. From what little I know of it, I don't think it's anything super crazy. Oh, probably not. It's probably just like, you know, 50 Marines and a couple Special Forces guys. You know, yeah, acting it's as probably a small detachment or something. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool if it was an entire amphibious assault ship that was just like on permanent limbo there or something. I don't know. That'd be hilarious. To be totally honest, that'd be absolutely epic. You know, president's just like, okay, we're going to park uh, our ship here on Liberty. Well, how long, when is it going to leave? I don't know. <laughs> A couple months, years, maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> Naval station, Taiwan. <laughs> yes. Well, and see, the, I think the only reason that hasn't happened is because that would really piss the Chinese off. And well, nobody we used wants to have... Uh, I think it was a joint thing with the UK in the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. We used to have an island out there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. wonder why we don't have that anymore. I, I forget what they called it, but in like the 1911 magazine, there was a dude that was out there. And it was kind of like some podunk hole in the wall. Like All they really did was just like drink margaritas on the beach, and they'd shoot sharks with pistols. <laughs> but... um. Like, was it, like, some kind of, like, it wasn't quite fast team, I don't think, but it was some kind of counter-reaction force deal. It was in this article, it's a little bit off topic, but they were talking about how they couldn't get the equipment that they wanted. This is back in the 80s. So they had somebody, like, jimmy up in gunsmiths, like, a long slide barrel for 1911 with, like, a wire stock, so that way they could shoot down the length of an airplane with it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was supposed to be some kind of, like, hostage rescue thing, if I remember right. Huh. They had all kinds of crazy, like, advanced combat pistol courses and stuff out there. It was like, that would have been kind of cool to keep that going. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but it's probably just too hole in the wall to keep putting, you know, 100 guys out there. Oh, potentially. But it'd be an awesome little place to, like, yeah. be. It's like, who's in charge? Captain so-and-so. What are we doing? Wake up in the morning, we go PT. Then we go to the range and we shoot for about four hours. Then we clean our weapons, put them away, and go on Libo. What do we do on Libo? We sit on the beach, drink margaritas, and basically have a good time. Yeah, well, he was talking about they had like a bunch of like gallons of blood that expired from the Red Cross, and they wanted to chum the shoreline and shoot sharks. <laughs> it's kind of but, hilarious. I think that was in the same article, too. He was talking that the Brits didn't care for the L-85s because all the mosquito repellent would melt the plastic furniture on it. What? Yeah. The mosquito repellent would melt the furniture. Yep. That's kind I of think ridiculous. the initial trial plastic when they were coming out with them whenever they did that. That sounds like a terrible design then. Yeah. I think they fixed it now, but it's still garbage. I hope so. I haven't... I've, I've, people like it. I've heard people like it. But then well, again, those people don't shoot it. They just. I'm a firm anti-bullpup. I, I kind of like bullpups. I like, the, I like the concept and the idea. Right? If you're using it for, like, say, clearing something like this out. Yeah. You know? But if you're talking like a solid battle rifle... Well, that's what they did with the L-85, is they made it into, like, a light machine gun. Mm-hmm. 
they think they put like a longer, like heavier bipod barrel on. It's like, well, why would I want a magazine bullpup? Yeah, I don't want light that. Light machine gun. That's just really stupid. Well, it's kind of like the Marine Corps going to that like M4 thing. That... Oh, the IAR, the M27? Yeah. Yeah. I never got to mess with that. So I got out before that was a thing. You know, but when I heard they were going to that, you know, first I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And then I read about the description. I was like, 30-round magazine? Well, and I think they're kind of switching up what they're doing with it now. Because it's, it's an 18-inch piston-operated, you know, free-float rifle. So you get better inherent accuracy than what you would out of, like, a standard M4. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're trying to use them more as, like, a fire suppression DMR type thing. Well, see... The problem that we had in Vietnam, this is going back a little bit, it's a total sidetrack, tangent thing, but the problem we had in Vietnam with regards to everybody having a full automatic weapon was nobody knew how to use them. Yeah. Nobody had discipline, right? So they, they get shot at by one dude. They wouldn't know where that guy was, and they just click it to rock and roll and go, and then you know they burn through all five of their magazines. Then they don't have any ammo anymore, right? But if you have trained, disciplined soldiers or Marines or whatever, you can give them all fully automatic weapons. Every single one. So if you want to get rid of the belt-fed weapon, that's fine. Like, I can understand the, the rationale behind that. One weapon with 80% of your firepower, it's kind of a liability in its own way. Yeah. But if you can spread load that rapid, that ability to, like, really dump rounds out amongst those four Marines, you know, that actually kind of makes sense to me. Well, I think that that's what I was kind of reading the other day, too, was, like, if you give, I, I don't know how they're divvying them up now, but it's like more guys with that is actually more effective than what the saw ever would have been with one guy running it. Mm-hmm. No, I can, I, I can see that. I really can't. So I don't know if that's how they're trying to gain their advantage of getting rid of like a belt fed. Well, I still have belt feds, but they'd be like, you know, your 240s, your, your modules. Yeah, but that your medium heavy machine guns type stuff. Yeah, see, like, I would be totally, I, I don't see any reason why the basic infantryman cannot have fully automatic. I mean, we had burst, right? Yeah. On the M16, I don't think I ever used it. Yeah, I really at a never dump had. range. That was it. You know, and even then, I was like, "Well, this is kind of silly. Why not just put like single rounds into my target? I'm much more effective that way." You know, but if you want to put a high volume of fire through a window to keep somebody's head down, you know, it's perfectly suitable for that. Yeah. You know, plus you're going from like the M4's 14 and a half inch barrel to an 18 inch barrel. You're going to pick up a little bit of velocity there. You are. You know, it's going to be more accurate, probably going to get you better range. Well, I think they, well, they do take a different ACOG than like the RCO. I think they're using a three and a half. Mm-hmm. So I think that gains you a little bit of eye relief. So you're not sitting there trying to. Yeah, that is one bad thing about the, the uh, ACOG slash RCO is the fact that you got to be literally like. Oh, I think that's just the four power version. Well, that's what I have on mine. And that's what I got. Yeah. And like you almost got to wrap your eye around that sucker in order yeah. to use it. I don't really like that. I really didn't appreciate that when I had glasses. Yeah, I've got, like, I've got mine like as far back as I possibly can, and it's kind of like... Mm. Yeah, like you see people's eye pro, and it's got like all those little little dick, the little tink yeah. marks right in the, yep. right here. Yeah, right there. It's all... So yeah, like, that's one thing I don't like about four-power optics, I like the ACOG. But one thing I, I... I don't know if you grew up on the proper KD course, where you had iron sights. No. You didn't? You used RCO all the way through? Yeah. Okay, so I got to do both. I got to shoot the KD course with iron sights, and I've gotten to shoot the course with the RCO. And I will say this. Iron sights, they're great. I like iron sights. I have nothing against iron sights whatsoever. But that RCO is a game changer. Total game changer. 
like what you can do with that, you know, four power optic and the BDC totally blows away anything you could do with iron sights. Yeah. Period. <clears throat> By far. You know, it's just amazing. You know, when I was shooting with the KD on the KD course with the iron sights, I'd take off my glasses because I couldn't see through everything with the glass sun. It was really weird. But when I took off the glasses, I could just make out the square and I'd center my sights in the square at 500 and go poof and I'd hit the target, you know, but I wouldn't be able to do that in real life. But with the RCO, I could bring it up and I could see the silhouette and then I just yeah. bring it up and pop. There you go. Rounds on target. It's amazing. Well, and that's, there's a couple different things that I've been seeing going on, but the one is they've actually revamped the KD course. I think they're, I don't know if they've gotten rid of it yet. But they're going to to where you now start at 500 and work your I've way heard in. heard that. And I think it's all shot in gear. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the transition between distances is a part of the course, but I think that's going to be a much better. And then you could shoot, I think, from cover, too, or you can use rests. Supports and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so if you have your assault pack, you can throw that puppy on the ground at 500 and steady it up and really be effective with it. Because I always hated that with the KD. It's like, oh, your sling can't touch your magazine. Oh, that round doesn't count. It's like, well, why Why can't it? Why can't I get my weapon as stable as I possibly can? <laughs> also, illegal supports. Yeah. You mean I have a different pistol grip? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you can't hold your weapon like that. Like, what? This is stupid. Sorry, that's not that's not real life. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, yeah, and like how many times? I mean, I've done my, my fair time on, on Mount, right? Yeah. Playing around in like the Mount Towns and stuff like that. One thing I noticed when I was playing around doing, you know, training and stuff, I took about half my shots from the left side. Yeah. You know? So, like, then I started thinking to myself, you know, I probably should, self, you should probably get good at uh, bringing this rifle up on your on your wrong side. At least to the point where you can put rounds through a window at a couple hundred yards, if need be, or, like, inside of a city. Because I'm a wall-body weapon advocate. You know, I think when you're coming around a corner, that gun should be popping out first. Yeah. Not your face. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna look into that space, your weapon should be pointed at it. Exactly, you know. And so, like, I will routinely pop over to the wrong side. Yeah, I'm coming around a corner that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I think that's that's something that people should know how to do. Just like I don't think there's anything wrong with learning how to fire from the hip, or fire without sights. Yeah. Like I think instinctive firing, instinctive shooting, is something that you can learn to do, and you can learn to do it well and effectively inside this inside of this space. I can hit people from the hip. Yeah. It's not hard. You know, and because I can hit people from the hip, that means <clears throat> if we take this from, like, say, the McMap thing, which everybody hates McMap, but everybody doesn't really truly appreciate what it's meant to do. Yeah. Um, if I can shoot from the hip, then I can clear rooms in that proper position for doing bayonet strokes and butt strokes and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Right? So I can still shoot you, and I can stab you, and I can smash you in the face with my buttstock, and then I can kick you, and then I can shoot you again, and then I can move on. You know? It, it, it'll function well. And then... Jason, you know Jason. Yeah. We went to the range one day and I showed off a little bit. It was bad. It was wrong of me to do. It was. I took the I took the scope and the sights off my rifle. Everything totally slick. Got about 15 20 yards back from the target. I was like, "Do you think I can hit that?" He's like, "No, I don't think so." Boom 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 boom. All of them were in the target. They weren't like, you know, keyhole or anything, but they were all there. I yeah. hit them all. You know, because I've practiced bringing the rifle up so many times that now it's just like instinctual to know where I'm pointing and where it's pointing. Yeah. And you can get that built. I don't know why they don't do that all the time. I think you're just looking at such an increased ammo budget. 
That and time. Well, time, yes, but I don't think ammo budget. Because I didn't do a whole lot of my training shooting live rounds. Yeah, but if you're talking about increasing it just a little bit across the fours, mm-hmm. what's now your budget look like to make everybody fire an extra 200 rounds? Um, to be totally honest, I don't care. I'd rather have all of my trigger pullers being able to do that kind of stuff as opposed to not. Yeah. But I mean, as far as when you're dealing with like 1% of the DOD budget. Well, yeah. But then again, let's think about some of the stuff the Marine Corps spent money on. They spent money on well. You know, or like think of how they actually run run budgets. You know, like if a battalion is working up and they spend, you know, five million dollars, say, well, they need to spend five million dollars next time or they don't get the five million dollars again. Yeah. They'll get dropped whatever their lower action aspect yeah. was. Which is why you see them doing stupid things like yeah, buying, wasteful spending. Yeah, these that's why you see that. I think battalions should be able to roll funds over. Yeah. You know, like the battalion gets say like three million dollars each year. You know? So the battalion, like, okay, I got three million dollars this year i know next year i'm gonna be doing a workup so i'm not gonna spend my three million dollars this year i'm gonna wait till the workup then i'm gonna spend it you know or like say you have a, a unit that sort of like got stuck back in conus for a couple of years two years you know well they just roll money over and then when it come up time to work out they got plenty of money to be spending on stuff you know I, then again i also think you know us being vets we should be given a stipend every month for ammunition yeah I really do believe that. Well, that too, and it's like when you look at a lot of this and like the downtime and the wasted white space training that people do, Motowns don't cost money. No. It's free. It just sits there. You know, JPA to get people there and back. That that's that's if you, that's only for like the Humvee you're stuffing all the weapons in. Yeah. One Humvee with two people and all your weapons. Everybody POVs it over to the to the Mountown. You grab your weapons, you go shoot each other with blanks or go bang bang or whatever for yeah. a day or two. You know, then you throw all the movins back inside the Humvee. Humvee drives back. All the people POV it back to the base. You know, your your barracks. Believe me, I've I've had these conversations before with other people. One guy was wanting, when he picked up team leader or squad leader, I mean, he was actually investing in paintball guns for his entire squad. And they'd go on like PT runs in the morning, stuff the paintball guns in their packs in their day packs, run out to the paintball field on Camp Lejeune, and then shoot each other for PT yeah like that's good shit that's really good training you know but if you got caught doing that <laughs> yeah you get your PP slapped in a heartbeat yeah and it's it's ridiculous you know and like there were times we'd we'd want to go and do something like say like hey can we go on we want to draw our weapons out of the, the armory and we want to go on patrol where are you going to patrol oh we're just going to patrol down river road practice setting in positions and stuff like that should be gone about an hour and a half two hours oh no we're waiting on words so you can't really do that yeah that was another thing too. Always waiting on word. You know the the Marine Corps motto, that thing from the recruiters, like the the change is forever. Yeah, it should be the the word is forever changing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. I know a guy that's on recruiting duty. He keeps posting, you know, because they, they push the social media is like the biggest thing that recruiters do anymore. And I just, yeah, vehemently ridicule <laughs> all of it. It's like, do you want to be this guy in some like high speed shit? It's like. You don't do that. No. Nobody does that. It's never happened. We don't have the budget. Do you have quotas for cool stuff? I think your quotas are actually for calm guys. Yeah. <laughs> what did you tell them that the attrition rate for Marsoc is not? Like, less than one percent. Not everybody gets to make it. Yeah. They have a pretty high attrition rate from what I understand. You know? And, like, this doesn't sound really terrible, but I kind of wish the Marine Corps as a whole had that kind of attrition rate. Yeah. 
that'd be nice. I wish they would have made it more inspiring so you could have an attrition rate like that and want to push through instead of like, why do I want to keep working towards something just to get treated like shit further on? True. Like, you, read, you haven't read Starship Troopers. No. Oh, God. Another reference lost. But no, like, that's kind of like... I wish the Marine Corps operated like the mobile infantry in Starship Troopers. Not the movie, the book. Okay? Because it's entirely voluntary. Every step of the way, it's voluntary. At any time, you can be like, you know what? I'm done. And walk away. And there's no repercussions. None whatsoever. Zip, done. You could leave in the middle of the night. They wouldn't even hunt you down. Yeah. Just get marked down. You know, you failed. No longer allowed to try again. That's it. You know, can't come back. But you can go if you want to. And the only people who stay are the people who want to be there. Yeah. Right? And the idea that Hyman's sort of putting forward and asking, and some of the questions he's asking is, you know, well, it's not really asking, but he's putting the idea forward, I think, more, is that the people who stay, like, they're never going to quit. Yeah. Period. You can do whatever the hell you want to to them. You know, hey, we're going to put you on post in Antarctica, in your skivvies, with an M9 pistol to stop the Russians. All right. Cool. When do I leave? Like, that's the kind of mentality you have with the people. Yeah. And it's not because they're brainwashed or anything. It's because they want to do it. They understand the importance of it, and so they stick it out. You know? The only time that they touch you down is if you've done something wrong after leaving. And it's, it's kind of awesome when it happens, actually. Hmm. Some do like so they're in training, right? Because you'll probably never read the book anyway, so I'm gonna no. spoil it for you. So spoilers alert. Rico's in training, you know, going through the stuff, and he's talking about how they this is what he's talking about, how like they don't care, they're not coming after you. We only had one incident where they actually brought somebody back. And now it's because he killed a little kid, little girl. Right? Brought him back, put him in uniform, tried him in front of everybody. Like the entire battalion was out there. They tried him, ripped all of his insignias and stuff like that off, and then hung him. Nice. <laughs> yes. You know? It's like... Big fan. Yes. I'm totally down for that. You know, there's some things... Yeah. A little bit brutal. You know, Rico gets slashed, you know, whipped because he made a mistake. Not, like, did something wrong. You know, in the context of wrong being like, you know, that was immoral that you did that. No, it was just he made a mistake. Who's in a leadership position, made a mistake in training, and ended up, you know, notionally getting like three of his guys killed. 25 lashes. Hmm. Yeah, I'm down. So down. <laughs> but no, like. That kind of brings up an interesting concept. What's that? No, so I was talking to a... What was that? Uh, who the hell was it? That was my first OIC. I think when he was going through, like, TBS or whatever the hell it is. And basically, they gave him... Uh, he had to accomplish or take down a building, whatever the hell he was... It was a squad tactics or whatever the hell it was. I don't remember what he was saying exactly. But they kind of gave him, like, three different options. Like, you can do this, this, or this, but you have to make the decision right now. And he picked, like the worst one which is just going right up the middle and it's like well why would you want to do that and he goes well I'd rather people die for making the wrong decision than sit here and get people killed for not making the decision because <clears throat> you can sit there and you can pussyfoot around and that mm -hmm. can go south really fast too true no and I get that but the idea inside of uh, the reason Rico was his because he, he had made a very bad decision no oh. 
right? He didn't trust his equipment. It was a supposed to be a notional nighttime attack, but it was during the day, you know? So he flipped up his night vision for half a second to like see with his eyes what was going on, flipped down the, the night vision goggles again, then t- shot his, his tactical nuclear weapon, and then his suit shut off. <laughs> and he sat there for nine hours, frozen in place. <laughs> and then he was basically charged with insubordination and whipped. Hmm. Bad decision. What was the bad decision? Flipping up his night vision goggles on a nighttime attack. And inadvertently nuking two of his guys. It was a notional nuke, so it didn't kill anybody. Yeah, I guess I just don't understand why he's using night vision in the middle of the day, but... Because it was a simulated nighttime attack. Yeah, but you can't. Well, that's what they were doing. So nice, think- it is a fiction book. Yeah, and you're thinking, you're thinking in terms of like flipping down your nods and then having one eye open, you know, and seeing perfectly with your daylight vision. He's in a suit of powered armor, so when he flips down his snoopers, as they're called, it completely occludes your vision. So you have to use the system in order to see everything. You know, you're seeing, like, say, radio, thermal, and, you know, enhanced light all at the same time kind of interwoven over top of one another. So it's something you got to learn how to do, right? Like, we did, first time you use night vision goggles, it's cool, but you're not 100% perfect with them. It takes a while to get yeah. used to maneuvering around corners and going upstairs and your all that stuff. depth perception and all of that. Yeah, being able to, art, being able to like, What's the word? See what's going on and actually understand what it is that you're seeing. Like those are two different things. You see it, but do you understand it? Right? And that's what's going on here. You know, he's got these snoopers on, blocking all this vision. And so he's got to be able to like learn how to use them. Why'd you take your night vision off in a nighttime attack? Why'd you launch a nuke nuke without using the proper targeting apparatus? That kind of stuff. Hmm. Very good. I think I'd end on one last thing. Flu and COVID. So USA Today posted the headline, 98, uh, 40% of U.S. may not get flu shot. And this could spell trouble with COVID. Okay. So we've heard <clears throat> lots and lots of push with this whole get the shot. Did a lot of purple virtue signaling with their Band-Aids on their arms like, look at me. You have the current governor of New York wearing her vaxxed necklace because she's part of some cult. And God wants you to get the jab. <laughs> oh, God, that was the worst. Like, I'm sorry, that came across cultish as hell. Yeah. Very cultish. You're the smart ones. You're the ones who've gotten the jab. So the, like, 75% of African Americans inside of your state who didn't get the jab are stupid? Conveniently, that's what you thought before. <laughs> yeah. Huh. You know, and like, I can understand why people would not necessarily want to get the jab. I really do understand that because I'm one of those people. You know, one, I'm not in a demographic that's likely to die right off the bat. If I get it, I'll get sick and that'll be about it. But then again, I don't even know if I've already had it or not. Yeah. I haven't gotten an antibody test. And from what I understand, the antibody tests aren't really that accurate anyways. You know, same thing with like the, the PPR tests or whatever. Yeah. They can adjust the sensitivity <clears throat> to make it look like you've got it right now or they can sense antibodies or whatever you know it's like okay and then you gotta think too like do you really trust the government to develop something in space of like seven months yeah or anything no. anybody that, like and then stick that in your Multi, body multi-billion dollar companies that don't give a shit about you to begin with like 
Exactly. When, when your whole healthcare market is a patient cured, is a customer lost? That's very concerning. Well, not only that, but you got to think too, like all these people who for years were anti-vax or like anti-big government or anti-big business, big yeah. farm or whatever, and all of a sudden like, get the jab or else. So wait a minute, you just totally flipped? Yeah. Why did you totally flip? Like I've remained logically consistent on this entire point. And I'm not saying, you know, that like, I've never gotten vaccines. You do not get to go through the Marine Corps and not get a whole battery of vaccines. Right? Heavily tested and used for a long time with a very long track record of vaccines. <laughs> Things well, developed by people from the goodness of their hearts. <laughs> those except for those anthrax ones. But anyways, I digress. No, but like since I've gotten out, I have not gotten a single vaccine. Yeah. But not over a decade. Man, I've already been out over a decade. That's kind of crazy. But no, like I've been out over a decade. I've never gotten a vaccine in that time for anything. Like yeah. this is going to be a really terrible flu season. Guess okay. I'll die. Very well. Do you want the flu vaccine? No, I'm good. Thanks anyways. You know, like whatever happened to my body, my choice. Yeah. You know? And so like I see this headline. I didn't read it, which I probably should have. I'll read it later. I'll get my two cents, I guess, on the blog. But uh, it's like they're trying to push the flu vaccine now. Yeah. To stop COVID. Watch me now get that one, too. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's great you want to stick something in my arm. I do not want you to stick something in How my arm. How can I get less than, less than zero jabs? <laughs> please. <laughs> can I give you some jabs? No. Please? Pretty please? No. Big jabs. Huge needle. Horse tranquilize. Yes. But no, like, it seems like now they're just they're just going nuts. Even more nuts than they were before. Yeah. You know, it used to be, you need the COVID vaccine. Now it's going to be, you need to get all your vaccines. Why? Because they said you need to get all your vaccines. Yeah. As soon as it became, you need the jab to feed your family, like, I, got, I was very skeptical. Well, yeah. As soon as they start leveraging stuff like that, against you i like it when he heard it a year ago like there's gonna be it's gonna be mandated you can't participate if you don't get it and it's like we would never do that no and that's all a bunch of here's <laughs> wait a minute yeah i've seen that meme floating around too you remember that time when we said that eventually this would all become mandated and then and it's like oh it. the triple jabbers turning on the double jabbers and it's like fully vaccinated definition changes <laughs> it's like well and that's another thing too that might end up happening no it already has I think you're right. They've already approved the third booster. Well, I'm saying like, um, was it? What was the meme I saw? Because I think there's actually some truth to it. Because I remember seeing something like an article that actually sort of referenced this. That as the vaccine, as the as it changes, you know, as as people get this thing, because the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting it, and it mutates because the vaccine. Oh doesn't yeah, stop the you from variants mutating. mean new vaccines. Like, yeah, and it never stops. Exactly. And so like the the people who originally got the the first vac- experimental vaccine will now be unvaxxed, just like the rest of us who didn't get any vaccine. Yeah. So then you'll have to get the new vaccine in order to participate in normal society. Yeah, well, that's what Israel did. Their uh, their vaccine went, or their vaccinated rate went from like 70% to like 15%. That's where I saw changed it. the definition of it, and it's like, well, fantastic. Well, that's great. So what you're saying is this is uh, perpetual. We're going to yeah. be perpetually in this I hole. really, really hate that. Yeah. Because it's like, we're just going to keep dangling the carrot and moving the line farther and farther. And it's like, oh, we can get back to normal as soon as everyone does this or that. And it's like, no, you don't fucking own me. 
Well, it's kind of like when I'm playing around with my youngest daughter. You know, you hold the toy because I'm trying to teach her how to walk. Yeah. Right. And the easiest way to do is you hold the toy. She reaches for it. You move the toy back a little bit, and then she's forced to like take a step. So then you move it back a little further. She takes another step, and you just keep doing that process until she's taken a couple, three, or four steps. And then when she falls, you quickly go and pick her up, mm-hmm. and then you set it back up, and you do it again. Right? It's no different. Yeah. Except for instead of trying to teach me how to walk and live on my own, they're trying to teach me how to just sort of like, when can I get my next shot, please? Yeah. Can I have another? I really, really would like to go to the hamburger store and buy myself some food. Yeah, it's like you can't go to the movie theater unless you get the shot. It's like, good. I wasn't going there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you can't participate in normal society. Good. Can I have my log cabin now, please? Yeah. <laughs> I like I like my isolationism and self reliance and you know reap the fruits of my labor. You can't do that either. <laughs> you can't go to work and feed your family. I see. And see, and that's another thing too. Like the moment our president, our illustrious leader, Benedict Biden, did that. The moment he said that it's not about freedoms and liberties, he made it about our freedoms and liberties. Yeah. You know, the moment he said, you know, like. I'm going to mandate that all companies over 100 employees or those who work as a federal contractor have to get the jab. He just threatened a bunch of people with losing their ability to, to feed their families. Yeah. Like, how well, is now, they're, now they're going through with it. They're firing a lot of people how, after like the 30th, 30th of last month. How is this tyr- not tyrannical? Yeah. How? I want to. Well, then you see, what is it like New York that had to bring in the National Guard to like run the hospitals because all the healthcare workers quit? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't all the healthcare workers, though. Like they had. I can't remember the exact numbers, but after she leveled, like basically leveled the barrels of you're going to get fired, yeah. like 98% of the people who weren't getting the vaccine got the vaccine all of a sudden. Oh, really? Yes. Like they all caved. And that's the exact wrong answer. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if, if, if my place of employment levels that barrel and says, if you guys don't get the vaccine by X, X day, you're fired, I'm handing them my badge right then. Yeah. Like, I'm going to collect my shit and I'm going to get the fuck out of here then. And you guys can figure out how to turn the damn part yeah. over the course of the next four days. I'm going to give you four extra days of, of dealing with this. you know. And I don't actually think my place of employment is going to do that. It seems to me like they're trying to hold out as long as they can. I think there's a lot of places. That's, people just need to hold. Yeah, you literally just got to hold the line. You, you cannot buckle at all. You know, It's going to suck because you may end up losing your job. I'm one of those people <clears throat> who may end up losing my job over this. But I'm sanguine with that choice. Yeah. You know, like, how did I put it to my wife? There's that saying from uh, Mattis where it's talking about, you know, go forth with a happy heart, you know, be like fight the war with a happy heart or something along those lines, you know, finally understand it. Like I am totally cool with what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, fired or not, I am totally cool with this. So there's no prices being able to live with yourself and be a man of principle. Well, I know like, and that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. It's like, you know, if I end up losing my job over this, fine, whatever, there's other jobs. This is not the end all be all. I'll live. The sad part is, is like, the way we've got our society configured is like, oh, you don't have a job? Sorry, we're just going to take your house because you didn't pay for it this month. Like, but I already paid for it. Yeah, you just owe us money because you have it. Like, no. Well, that's another thing, too. Like, if somehow I manage to land on, say, like $300,000, first thing I do is I pay off my house. Yeah. Second thing I do is I probably pay my taxes on land for, like, 10 or 12 years. That that's the problem. Like when you buy a property, it should be your property outright. No, I agree with that. But the reason that I would pay the the taxes ahead for like ten years, what the hell are you gonna do to me now? Yeah, I am paid up on my taxes. Go the fuck away. Yeah, mine. 
like what's the property ownership is a myth the way that it's structured i'd have to yeah like, like your firearms rights you know sorry you need to have the proper fees and permits and licenses and they all expire and there's paperwork and you have to go and pay government bureaucrats to let you do whatever no see i would be okay with this right you pay the fee for the background check if the background check comes back clean you get a refund and the right to buy your shit yeah i can see that and i'd be okay with that to a degree there's every gun law is an infringement but at the same time not everybody deserves to have a firearm well that too and like to be totally honest, I have no need for a tactical nuclear weapon, and I don't want people owning them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I can agree with certain aspects of that. However, comma, there is a purpose for the Second Amendment. Yeah. And it is not to stop criminals from coming into your house in the middle of the night. Although that is one of them. That's just a fringe benefit of the right. <laughs> you have the ability to deal with these people, right? And, you get, and I think people also get mixed up on the whole idea of, like, arms. You know, they think it applies to just guns. Ooh, yeah. scary assault rifles. No, 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 it applies to all arms. And arms is like a ubiquitous term that covers a lot of different things. It covers, you know, your weapons. And it covers like magazine pouches, magazines, armor. You know, all the things you would need to do, need to go to war. And yeah. stop. And then when I think of like, what is it they're talking about? To me, it seems like, the things that, like, say, a battalion would need. Those are the things in my mind that are covered and allowed, so to speak, or, like, what they're not going to really bat an eye at, you know? I really don't think the Founding Fathers would look at what the military has nowadays and think twice about some guy having an AT-4 or a Mark 19. Yeah. They'd be like, that's just balance of power. Yeah, I had that thought today at work. It's like, we should just really make everybody, like, run a PFT once a year. You know, like, just if you want to be able to, like, vote... If you want to be an actual citizen of the nation. Well, I think there's certain things that are, like, implied with regards to citizenship, you know. And one of them, I think, is being willing to, uh, what's the word, sacrifice for the body politic, right? Which is one thing that I actually kind of really get a lot out of from the Starship Troopers stuff. Uh, if you read the book, I really think you should. You probably won't enjoy too much of it, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, food for thought inside of there. Right, And the idea behind what they're doing inside of the book and what Highland's asking in a way is, should there be a price to pay for citizenship? Yes. I think there should be too. Right? And I think Highland is kind of giving you an idea of what that price should be. Okay, And inside of the Terran Federation, or whatever it's called, the price is you have to serve first. You know, just like yeah, the price of admission. Exactly, the price of admission to like be able to vote or hold office is you must serve first, right? Like if you think about the Marine Corps as an example, you don't just go into the Marine Corps and all of a sudden you know you're a sergeant leading people. You go in and you first learn how to follow, right? How to be that servant, so to speak. Yeah. Then you eventually become the leader. You know, you have to be taught how to do these things. And. I'm sorry, you can't really learn it in a school setting because a school setting it has to be experienced. That. It has to be an experiential thing. One sec. Lights. We need lights. There we go. Stupid seasons. 
All right, but no. Like, you have to experience it. You have to go through making those decisions and experience. Like, you got to go through the mistakes of making those yeah. decisions. And that's one thing the military gives you the ability to do really, really well, is make a boatload of mistakes in a relatively safe <clears throat> environment. You know? Like, how many mistakes did you make as you were learning how to lead? What? I mean, all of them. Like, if you name a mistake, I could probably point to a point in my time when I made that mistake. Yeah. You know? But I learned from them, and I got to I got to learn from them. You know? Well, I think a lot of that comes hand-in-hand hand with having a lot of humility at the same point in time. Well, you got to be willing to say, okay, I done fucked up there. Yeah. You can't be like, what? I was, I was totally... I did everything I was supposed to do. It was him. Yeah. He screwed it up. And then I think that's the attitude you see from the... I hate using the term, but elected leadership mm-hmm. should be elected servants. Well, it should be. There's no but, such thing as a political leader. Yeah, but that's where it's like, he's like, I'm I'm the most popular president ever. It's like you should be taking, you should be humble, you should be taking out the White House trash. <laughs> like, I don't know when this became like I want money and power and influence. Well, that's a little ridiculous. It is, and I don't think I I really. Okay, every once in a while I dream, what would I do if I was president, right? And I would not go to, like, Martha's Vineyard for my breaks. You know, I wouldn't go golfing every third weekend. Like, I have this really bad habit of just working when I have a job. Yeah. You know? Like, my boss probably disagrees with me to a certain extent, but once my eight hours is done, I'm out. I'm not being paid for any more than eight hours during the course of my day, so why should I Well, it's a contractual agreement. Exactly. But when you become president of the United States, what's the contractual agreement? You serve the people. When? All the time. Every stinking day. Sunday through Sunday. You're on duty. Right? You're making calls. You're doing important shit. Right? And what's, what's the uh, the second thing we call the President of the United States of America? Commander-in-Chief. Commander-in-Chief. What does that mean? should probably be doing his PT test. <laughs> he probably should. Right? And so I think to myself, okay, what would I do if I was President? How would, how would I conduct myself? What would I do in my off time? Well, I'd probably have family time, obviously. Can't neglect my family. Yeah. You know? You can't just be on it 24-7 like that's unrealistic no. no so I would have to have family time but when I'm taking my time off to do something what am I going to do I'm honestly probably going to go and like hang out at Nathan and I or I'm going to be like hey we're going down to the uh, we're going down to the K2 range in Camp Lejeune uh, I already scheduled it we'll be there we need to be there in like the next 15 hours yeah so you secret service weenies let's go you know like I'd probably end up having like I wouldn't have, like, Secret Service detail. I'd probably have Marine detachment with me. Yeah. I'd have Marines everywhere. With <laughs> <laughs> camionetting over the White House. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that ridiculous, you know? But, like, rather than Secret Service coming <clears throat> into the office with me to do stuff, it'd be, like, uniform Marines. You know? Like, I'm not even kidding you. I probably would do that. Because, in all honesty, I'd probably trust the Marines a little bit more than I would the Secret Service guys. Yeah. And it's not saying that the Secret Service are, like, untrustworthy or anything along those lines. Not they, by did, sh- they did kill JFK. <laughs> <laughs> that remains to be proven. Oh, that video was pretty compelling. All right. Whatever. But, no, like, it's it's more along the lines of, I am a Marine. Yeah. You know, once a Marine, always a Marine. It sounds stupid, and a lot of times I think we do blow it out of proportion. But those would be the people I'd trust the most. You know, so those would be the people I'd have around me the most. And if I was getting ready to, like, say, send people to war, I wouldn't do it from, like, the comfort of the Oval Office. Yeah. I'd hop my happy ass on Air Force One, and I'd fly out to whatever Mew is getting ready to invade whatever beach, and I'd show up there, and I'd be like, hey, dudes, this is what's going to happen. And I'd be frank with them. By the way, you're on River City now, so you're not going to be able to call home. We're going to be kicking ass and taking names here in about 
48 hours. You know, like, I think that's what a president's supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you're the commander-in-chief. Go get range time. Be proficient in arms. When something happens and the Secret Service is busy fighting to protect you, you better be right there next to them fighting to protect them. <clears throat> yeah, that's really. your job as a president. You know, oh, but you're so... No, you're not. You're just another human being. Well, I've actually... I had that, like, exact same thought today at work when I was moment around, and it was kind of like, hmm. But it's like, really, what's the, what's the point of the president's job, really? What's it really supposed to be? You probably have time for that. Yeah, like... Government should not be slam-packed busy. No. Like, we shouldn't be passing bills every day. We shouldn't be spending money every day. No. At, at the rate that we do. And it's like, well, then what's the point? Why, why is it every single time we need to spend more money? We need to raise the debt limit. Like, no. We can say that once in a while. Exactly, we can. Like, I like, to, I like the, uh, the analogy of the credit card and house payments and all that fun stuff. Yeah. You know, if you broke down the national debt to, like, say, your house payment, and then you looked at, like, your job and your expenses and everything along those lines, and you sort of, you're like, is this, is this a healthy investment strategy? No. It's something, like, something's got to happen. Either you've <clears> got to increase the amount of money you're making or you've got to decrease the amount of bills you're paying. One or the two. Right? So you either got to work harder, earn more money, or cut back on your spending. Those are the two things you can do. Now, when we hit austerity, they both happen at the same time. Yeah. Basically, taxes shoot through the roof because the government's got a bunch of debts to pay off, and then all the social programs go away because the government can't afford to pay those anymore. Right? Well, if we keep spending like this, ad, that's eventually going to happen. Yeah. Like the fact that he was willing to tr- print a $1 trillion platinum coin should say something. One, I want to see that coin. I really do. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of fun to hold it. You know? Because like, I can just, I, I had in my mind like a picture of like the people at the mint carrying around this, this precious coin. And then I'd be able to pick it up and like toss it across the it's room. Worthless. Exactly. <laughs> put, put it in the pop machine. <laughs> Get a soda with the one trillion dollar coin. That would be awesome. Can you imagine if it actually tabulated as a trillion dollar coin and tried giving you the change? No, I just want it to be like registered as a quarter. Like, wow, this is worthless. <laughs> But I was thinking about that. Like, we've got all these freaking taxpayer programs. We're doing all this stuff, and the roads are still shit. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're terrible for education. And it's like, well, we keep spending education money, and it's like, are we really that much smarter by giving kids iPads than what we were giving kids a, a microscope in the 1960s with the little projector slides? I feel like people came out of school more educated they probably did because they probably had to do a lot more stuff. Like you could just jump on Google, get your answers, and then go play college. Well, that, and then it's kind of look at what you do to kids when you like saddle them with boatloads of homework, mm-hmm. send them home. They don't understand. Mom and dad are probably busting ass, working more than a nine to five, trying to support a family and pay for housing costs and the rapid inflation rates. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell are we doing to ourselves? We're killing ourselves. Yeah, no, we I can't get it. sustain it. Well, like another thing I don't, I really dislike about the school system. This has totally gone off track. I don't give a shit. But uh, I don't like how it's structured. <clears throat> yeah. Because like, literally what you're doing inside of the like the public education system is you're basically just teaching kids how to have a job. Yeah. That's it. That's all you're teaching them how to do. How to have a job and take orders. That's it. Where's the free thought in that? Where's the ability? Where, where are they building Well, that's leaders? actually the entire intention of it. It is. I think Is that what they call the Frankfurt School? 
thought um, where it's like you're basically kind of grooming people to be bureaucratic and like work in government jobs and stuff no no I don't think that was the Frankfurt School I think the Frankfurt School is a little bit more uh, dark darker than that it might be but I always I thought that was like part of it well now you got me up on because there's a lot there was a lot of weird crap going on there in 1930s Weimar Germany yeah socialism was a big thing well, there was a... came to its head in 1935. Yeah, eventually it almost destroyed the entire world by 1935. Well, they were like getting pretty sex positive back then too. But yeah, there, there was like kind of like a child grooming, everybody's accepted type weird crap going on in like the 30s. Yeah, there's a lot of like basically they went and said that science could solve all problems. Yeah, and a lot of kind of like anti-traditionalist thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm like. I think science can solve a lot of problems. Yeah. A whole boatload of problems. And I think a lot of those problems can be inside of who we are. You know, like, why is it that we come up with the ideas that we have? Yeah. But you can't break it down into just purely psychological pursuit or a purely scientific pursuit. Because once you do that, you get rid of the humanity of the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, the Frankfurt School was a school of social theory and critical philosophy associated with the Institute for Social Research and the Goethe University, Frankfurt. In 1929, founded in Weimar Republic during the European interwar period, the Frankfurt School comprised intellectuals, academics, and political dissidents dissatisfied with the contemporary socio-economic systems, capitalist, fascist, communist, of the 1930s. Maybe. The Frankfurt theorists proposed that social theory was inadequate for explaining the turbulent political factionalism and reactionary politics occurring in the 20th century liberal capitalist societies, critical of both capitalism and Marxism-Leninism as philosophically inflexible systems of social organization. The school's critical theory research indicated alternative paths to realizing social development of the society and nation. That almost sounds like a playbook from some left-wing site. And it's off Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, who was... Margaret Sanger, I think, was a member of the Frankfurt School. Could be. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, Margaret Sanger found a Planned Parenthood, which is doing exactly what she wanted it to do. Yeah. Which is killing black babies. Yeah, that's, that's a spicy topic. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. I'm not lying. You know, the, vast, the majority of abortions are performed on, you know, quote, POCs, most of those people being in the black communities. Yeah. Right? The, the vast majority of abortions happen. Um, what was her goal? That Eugenics. Exactly. She wanted to basically, like, stop them from breeding and get them out of the population. She was a huge, bigoted racist, you know, yet somehow Planned Parenthood is the most important thing on the face of the planet. Well, it's, it's because it's, it's a public right. It's a, or it's reproductive health care. <laughs> That's yes. what it was. Yes. Every woman has the right to uh, have her baby's brain sucked out through a vacuum before it's born. Yeah. That's, that's her right. You know, have their baby dismembered and ripped out bodily from their body. Yeah. It's a right. Because accountability is a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. You know, having somebody have to deal with the consequences for their actions... Damn it, we can't have that. Yeah, definitely a hard pass. Yeah, what was it? Not in my nation. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, the vaccine thing. Getting back on this a little bit, and sort of relating back to the idea of abortion. All right, abortion is looked at as being, you know, my body, my choice. You know, woman's right to choose. All the oh, they have all these buzzwords around what yeah. it is, right? And I actually have a piece that I'm putting together right now for the blog that goes into my philosophy with regards to this and why I, it is that I am pro-life i.e. anti-death yeah right with regards to babies in the womb 
Okay, and I went through this, the, um, one, I started going in this legal argument, right? And the fact that uh, if you believe that a person is, you know, a person at the point of conception, you know, they have personhood, then they probably have to have rights at that point. Yeah. Okay, and rights cannot just be taken away arbitrarily, right? Mm-hmm. But rights can be taken away. We can take away somebody's right to own weapons, their right to freedom of speech, their right to, you know, live, right? We can take away all these different rights. But it's not something we do lightly. It's not like I just say, oh, okay, dog, he said the wrong thing, so I'm going to take away all of his rights now. No, that's not how this works. You have to literally breach the peace in such a way that society is like, all right, you, you get to go in a small box for a little while, sit in a timeout. Yeah. Or you get to go in an even smaller box for a permanent timeout. <laughs> right? Like, that's what happens. And there's a legal process that we have to, to actually do this. Okay. Now, I'm not going to go into the whole thing with right now. But the critical piece on this is that no right actually is inviolate. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like some rights can be taken away. Some rights have restrictions. The left is all about putting rights restrictions on our rights, whether it's our right to say what we want, whether it's our right to own the weapons we want, whether it's our right to preach what we want. Like they'll put rights on they'll put restrictions on all sorts of rights. Except sucking a baby's head out of a vagina with a vacuum cleaner. That one is okay. That yeah. one is unrestricted. Yeah, across the board. No restrictions you want. There are people who are totally cool with like partial birth abortions with a baby like is half birthed at the point where they would be viable, and then you suck the brains out of the head. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, that's, no, you're wrong there. You're absolutely wrong. You're, cre- you're murdering somebody as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And if we want to take it on the legal standpoint, what has the baby ever done? Nothing. There's, you have no right to take away somebody's right when they have done nothing wrong. But we do already realize and recognize the ability to restrict or at least curtail rights overall for the betterment of society. Right? Like, as an example, you can't just run around killing people all day. You may want to, but you can't. Okay? Like, you have a right to kill people. To a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the very restricted. Very restricted. It's, it's curtailed. Should almost be a little more open. Some days I wonder. You know, one retroactive abortion is all I ask. Just one. I want a retroactive abortion card. You know, where if I kill somebody, I can just hand that to the cops and no questions are asked and I walk away. Yeah. You know, like I just turned in my retroactive abortion card. This person was going to be a nuisance to me and I did not want the nuisance at this time. You know? Yeah. Like, I'd be okay with that. That's only because women have the ability to do that same thing right now. They have a (laughs) limitless retroactive, they have a limitless abortion card. Yeah. In society. Taxpayer funded. Taxpayer funded. And like, anyways... Abortions are not a limitless right, just like any other right. We can put restrictions on those rights, right? We can completely curtail those rights, like some people want to do with the Second Amendment. We should just get rid of all the guns. Then life will be better. Just get rid of all the abortions and life will be better. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. I think, honestly, that might actually be the case. But if the left is okay with states enacting stricter and more harsher gun laws, then they should be okay with with states enacting stricter and more harsh abortion laws. Yeah. Like, outright ban. Outright ban. Like, state, if Texas wants to completely ban abortions, that's Texas's call. Yeah, whatever happened to state government, like, being more power than the federal government, like. Um, that's a good question. We have to research that one and do that as a deep dive topic one of these days. 
I thought that was the entire point of states was that they can do whatever they want. Well, the government basically, the federal government basically created a play, seemed like it created a, uh, a level playing field between the states. Like, you will all abide by these rules, but out of that is a free fall. Do what, yeah. you, do what the state's going to do. You know, because like that 10th Amendment is saying something pretty important when it says that, you know, anything that the federal government is not strictly charged with doing is up to the states to decide. And you see, now that I think about it, actually, when you look at what people are trying to do with regards to the federal government, they're trying to get more and more things under the scope of the federal government, which once done will limit what states can yeah, do. Yeah, it's supposed to be the other way around. It should be the other way around. It's supposed to be empowering. Limited federal government, bigger state governments. You know, limited state governments with regards to your local community governments. Like, everything should work from the bottom up, not the top down. Yeah. You know, strong local governments create strong state governments, creates a strong federal government. But it does not work the other way around. Yeah. A strong federal government is going to create weaker state governments, which is going to create weaker local governments. That's generally how this thing happens. You know. But. Whatever. What do we know? Just two, two, you know, devil dogs talking in a soon-to-be refurbished chicken coop. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to loft the ceilings. Not, like, as high as they are, but I'm going to do about... Well, like, that board's eight feet, Yep, roughly. So it's going to go up another, like, foot and a half. So, like, where that beam is going across the top. Nice. It'll, like, loft up kind of like that. I'm hoping I can use that to sort of trap sound a little bit. Oh, there you go. It might work. Probably won't. <clears throat> It'll look nice. You have to dare to try. Well, not only that, but I think that'll also allow me to get a ceiling fan higher up. Yeah. Because what I want to do is I want to use baseboard heating to heat it, and then I only have one air conditioner that'll go in the window over here, which is why the sound stage is going to be way over there. I think it'll work. But use the ceiling fans to move the air around and keep constant temperature. That's the goal anyways. So. Not too shabby. No. You see the 101 2 by 4 sitting outside. Nice. All free. That's a hell of a deal nowadays. Yeah, it is. Very good deal. Anyways, I think we're gonna call it. We're back to a normal episode length. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll do it. We'll do a double one next week. Yeah, works for me. We'll shoot for it anyways. See how well that works out. It won't. <laughs> we'll say we do things and then we totally screw it up. Yeah. This is called making mistakes and learning from our mistakes. Or making mistakes and just failing to learn from our mistakes. This was divine providence. This was divine providence. It wasn't a mistake. <laughs> this was supposed to happen. All right. This is Battle Spectre. This is K-Dog. And we are going to sign off for the night. Have a great one.